to the Brick in the Wall podcast. Hello everyone, welcome to the podcast with me, the Yorkshire Poet. And me, it's Greg the Berry Baller. How's everyone doing? I hope you're all well. Another busy day in the world of education. Going to share some chat with you. Go on, what have you been up to today? Interesting day today. Been looking at, oh, well, I got ahead of myself and I was thinking about budget for next year and that literally threw me completely. So I put that back in the bag and started to think about um, the return, the phase return and, and what's going on to so being reading, as I know all head teachers probably have been trying to get ahead of the game. Found some interesting stuff around recovery curriculum. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, We're going to cover um, Ofsted tonight and uh, some mental health. Um, That'll fit in nicely with the recovery stuff I've been looking at then. Excellent. Well, we're we're very fortunate. We're we're joined by Amy Harvey and Gemma, who are um, head teacher and deputy head of a school, junior school in Cambridgeshire. Hello, Amy. Hi there. How are you? I'm pretty good, thanks. How are you, Paul? I'm all right, thank you. Uh, is Gemma there? I am indeed. Hello, Paul. This is going to be one of the hardest recordings we do, Greg, because if you could see what I could see on my screen, <laughs> as I'm trying to keep a straight face, and the faces these two are pulling, uh, this one's going to be a tough one to edit out, I think. Um, Amy, do you want to just um, say a little bit about your school, where you are? So... um the school is St. Peter's Junior School in Wisbeach, hashtag Team St. Peter's, as we <laughs> love to uh, love to phrase ourselves. And I've been there. Uh, I started there as head of school in 2018, September, coming from Norfolk, and um, then became substantive head in September and employed Gemma in June as my deputy, which I'm most proud of. Gemma, how do you find working with Amy? Well, as you can probably tell already, Paul, it's interesting. Yeah, I bet. Um, and it's been a, a massive inspirational journey. So it's um, it's an absolute pleasure. We're going we're gonna to approach the uh, topic of Ofsted. Um, St. Peter's has been through a recent inspection. Um, Greg, in terms of the new framework and the methodology, what's your what's your thoughts, Greg? Uh, I'm all for it. I, I, I haven't gone through the process yet. I've got colleagues that have, so... Uh, you know, I've, I've listened to the stories um, and and the outcomes. Um, there are lots of pluses in in my mind. And on other podcasts, I've I've spoken about the inspector and in in the past, as you know, I've been a little bit critical about it. Um, but I'm all for the current approach. If I hope these uh, ladies agree with me, um, because they can speak about it firsthand. What's what's your thoughts then, Amy? Well, so we we were um, an RI sort of legacy school, um, and there was uh, the year before I came, they'd had a, a quite um, heavy a heavy inspection, and had come out just uh, just at RI is my understanding, a lot of a lot of work to be done. So um, obviously, the pressure on on trying to improve a school that is just above special measures. Is really really tough because it, it's a school that historically has had um, really really awful reputation, and comes right down at the bottom of the league tables for results. We knew that this was the year we were going to get Ofsted, and and although that wasn't our sort of pri- primary impetus for everything that we do, obviously 
there are pressures above being part of an academy trust um mm. and also within you know for me a, a huge a huge leap would would be to to get a good but it was going to be a long journey the new framework when it came out i was really excited about um it was it's exactly the sort of thing that our kind of school needed that focus on behavior and management personal development so Gemma how did you find the process of the inspection um I think for me um similar to what Greg just said you read so much and you listen so much to what the new framework is going to be like on the two days and what will the deep dives um, Mm, actually entail um and I sat Um, as the science lead, um, having a deep dive, I suppose, done too. And I would actually say that with our inspectors and with the framework as it is at the moment, it allowed us to really show what we are trying to achieve. Um, They gave us a space to talk. Every single conversation started with, tell us about. So it wasn't sort of leading questions. It was allowing you as the leader of that subject or the leader of that phase the leader of that classroom to really try and narrate your own story in mm. school. I think that's what the framework allows you to do. And as mm. long as you are open and honest and you know through all of your monitoring processes, all of your, well, your leadership activities, as long as you know them inside out, this inspection was about actually showing off what you wanted. You could control the inspection to some extent. You know, and I I think that's one thing we're picking up from, you know, talking to colleagues up and down the country around inspection, that actually this is more of a conversation. It doesn't feel as though it's been done to, it feels it's been done with. And I think that's a crucial shift in in the inspection methodology. I think schools feel more part of it. I mean, Greg, are you picking that up? Uh, absolutely i am and 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 it's and whilst you're there is anxiety around waiting for an inspection we we all appreciate that and understand it and i think that's probably driven by us all wanting to get a great outcome for you know what we fully believe we deserve um and when we look back to the previous frameworks and just to explain to parents who who might be listening and we're using technical language here um a framework is a, a kind of a a journey through an inspection so there, there's a, a kind of a handbook that maps out exactly what the inspectors are going to look at so there's a new framework in place now that Ofsted consulted with school leaders academy leaders on and we kind of we've got a situation now where we're quite happy with what we're what we're going to be inspected upon but just ladies just just listen to a previous experience i'm going back about five or six years where the start of one inspection i I witnessed as a head the starting point was our our school was probably similar to what you you've just described as yours being and this is old sort of level four money so we were looking at a reasonable score for level four plus do you remember that back in the day and we were confident of our data so we were really pushing for a good here. These kids we had were great. Year six teachers were really fantastic. And the, I'll never forget this. The starting point in the inspection, inspector walked in, put raise online on the table and said, that document um, says you're inadequate. You've got to prove otherwise. And that was my starting point to the two days. I'd only been there 18 months, so I didn't even own that raise yeah. online, really. And this was my <clears> chance <throat> to really prove what, our leadership had done to transform this academy. Um, we didn't get we didn't get what we wanted, and yet the inspection was in the February. In the May, we knocked out seventy five percent combined level yeah. four plus. And I, th- yeah. I think that's that's a good point there, though, around the data. I mean, how, how much time did your lead inspector or any of your inspectors spend on data? 
Very little. Data is just the outcomes that um, children achieve, you know, how many, the proportion that meet the expected yeah. standard at different stages. I mean, ultimately for us, uh, I can I can tell you, uh, you know, having gone from an RI in, in the four areas of outcomes, leadership and management behavior and uh, personal development in the previous, we ended up with an RI requires improvement because of our results. You can't get a good if you haven't got a good for those things. However, we did get a good for personal development and behavior management, which was what we were aiming for. But unbelievably, we also got a good for leadership and management, which was really unheard of, certainly in our academy trust. And we were absolutely, you know, delighted with our result. <clears throat> the phone call is absolutely part of the inspection process. If you, you know, for us, we are... Um, some might describe us as a fluffy school um, in terms of what we do. We'll talk later, I think, Paul, about the mental health. That absolutely is, you know, the heart of what we do in our school. I absolutely stick by that, that that was where we needed to go first when I joined the school. We were very honest about the things we weren't getting right. We were very honest about the, what we needed to do, our school development development plan was very clear and they very much respected that honesty when you get your inspection report now it's very bland in terms of the old you know in in comparison to the old reports which were quite quite detailed and you could you could almost pinpoint which teacher they were talking about which you, you can't anymore can't you now. you just can't do it not at all no um and in, in some ways, I think the report, Amy, I'm sorry to interrupt, in some ways the report itself is not is not overly helpful. It's, it, we, we've had some some schools, we you know, you've spoken to where they, they've had the inspection and rightly they're really proud of what they've achieved. But actually, maybe something else they do need to look at is the report itself because it, yeah. it doesn't always reflect their achievements. I mean, we were really pleased with the way ours was worded because it apps, it started with um, quotes from the children, which were, uh, our school is amazing, our school is fun. We feel absolutely delighted that we got it two weeks before the lockdown because because oh. we were we went we went into lockdown on quite a high. We know of a few schools that are actually they they were due and were likely to have been inspected the first week, first two weeks of the lockdown, mm-hmm. and now mm-hmm. everything's so up in the air. The inspectorate not likely i mean greg and i we were talking in an earlier podcast about inspections and you know they're not likely to be inspecting until september fully how do they then catch up 70 percent of the workforce i think it is work in schools so why would you want to leave your school to go and inspect during this time i don't think that happened greg can i bring in yeah sure and and the the coronavirus um Obviously, obviously, a massive understatement here has had a, a huge impact on all of us. And I think, Paul, we spoke the other evening with one of our colleagues around, not necessarily this is the wrong word in terms of legacy, but this is going to be, one, be around for a while, and two, the impact of it and the aftermath of it will continue to rumble within educational terms for a long time. So it'll be fascinating to see um, how sensitive Ofsted approach academies and schools when they inspect to take into consideration what the staff have, have been through, um, and also what these young people have been through, what these kids have been through. Absolutely. Because we're all waiting with bated breath for Sunday to come when Boris speaks to us all. But one thing we cannot underestimate is the impact on all of this of the kids because we still don't know 
how these children are going to return and what it's going to look yeah. like. You were segging nicely like a professional from Ofsted into mental health and well-being. Beautiful. Beautiful, Beautiful wasn't it? Though that is a really important point. We have to recognise that uh, mental health and well-being of our staff and our pupils is paramount now and on any return you know we've, we've uh-huh. got children who haven't seen each other for weeks and weeks and weeks they've been in the house they've maybe gone out for an hour of exercise yeah. that's tough to deal with um yeah. you know and tough for adults who when it's their their passion is teaching children and the children haven't been there face to face we've got vulnerable children who we've all been worried about we don't know what they've been experiencing during lockdown. It's scary times for all. Yeah. How are you managing that as a school jammer? Amy will absolutely uh, be able to articulate this beyond me because it's her absolute passion. Um, well, but that, that's why I went to you first so you could get a word in. <laughs> Thank you. Um, uh, one thing I think that does again segue was from Ofsted into this, our timing has been great. So our staff team were um, as buoyant as we could be going into this. And um, how we started it was absolutely, as we do everything, with our children's well-being in mind, our families um, trying to predict what might be the things that cause the woe and the struggles um, from food and the food voucher conundrum, um, all the way through to homeschooling, um, how much time to spend on it, the socialising, how much of our um, community would be able to cope with the restrictions around social distancing, understand um, the theory, the science behind it, all of that. Um, but we went into it with um, with real positivity and thinking, just as we always do at St Peter's, that we can get our communities through this. So we started a programme of activities, I suppose you could call them, that we did daily or weekly to mean that we had them at the forefront. So we've been doing assemblies on dojo, Teachers have been communicating through the dojo system, textings, class stories. We've really upped our game on Facebook because we know that that's the um, vehicle that our parents associate with best in terms of communication. And so we've done Facebook Lives every day with the key worker children. Those have been from the school site. So where we've been talking about the kids maybe struggling with the idea that they're not going to be in the building that's their safe place or in the building they're so familiar with, actually they're seeing that playground. They're seeing that classroom. They're seeing the hall. Um, We were transparent about the sort of things we were doing from the Joe Wicks in the morning or the yoga, the creative activities through to the online learning. So when you were at home, you were able to connect directly to those familiar smiley faces in school as regularly as you could and actually try and feel some of that what is so important to us, which is that emotional connection. Mm. Um, so there's been loads of things that we've done. Um, mm. They love, trust and enjoy mm. being part of the St. Peter's family. But we've been doing everything we can to make sure that we are still at the heart of what's going on for them. Yeah, it's it's spot on what's going on over there. Um, but something I just wanted to to, to just address in conversation with you both uh, as school leaders is is looking at coming back so been reading up today around uh love this something called recovery curriculum so yeah, it's about yeah. you know a, a, a compassionate leadership so you know the fear i think the fear is from from maybe children even but, but certainly parents and some professionals that 
they think we're just going to walk back in and pick up where we left off. You know, certainly not the case. But it's about taking into account children's loss of freedom, friendship, their daily structure and routine. That's taken us, don't underestimate it, folks, a long time to get in place. And then all of a sudden it's gone. We've got to put all that back first before we get to the root of our job, which is, you know, learning through a curriculum, which has taken us ages and ages to build upon. So how are you going to approach that? So within conversations I've had with other academy heads within our trust and, 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 you know, in terms of a trust look, but also very, very much um, our our view is that obviously we want, we don't want gaps to widen. um, And we're very clear on, on the children who are not accessing uh, some of the learning for, for whatever reason, um, it might be that they don't have internet, don't have um, computers. We've loaned out lots of um, Chromebooks to families, but if they haven't got internet, we provide you know work for them. Um, but the work is the work that we provide is very much accessible, revision-based work. Now, when we come back, whenever that may be, the plan is that we revise work, and the key the key to getting back to any semblance of normality is to rebuild our routines, provide them with the the structures of uh, what we do as a as a um, a nurture based school. It, I, th- really I think Amy, it, it's it's about being, being ready to learn in the new norm, isn't it? Because yeah, yeah. because it's going to be a, you know we we keep saying this. We've said it in near enough every podcast that there is going to be a new norm, but actually our children have got to be ready to learn in it. Link this back to the previous conversation we've just had about inspection. If inspection starts in September, and imagine if you were the second week in and you're yeah. inspected on a framework that hasn't been adapted because there's, yeah. no le- there's no legal basis for adapting the framework, it could could treat schools unfairly. Well, uh, from okay, so from my point of view as a, as a new... Uh, reasonably new head but somebody who's just been through the inspection process i would i would say my advice to a head teacher of any length of experience would be justify what you're doing because you are absolutely right you know your school you know what they need justify it to them they can't argue yes you might get an an inspectorate that are unreasonable about that but i think but it's, I doubt it. It's, it's about doing what is right for your children yeah. at the right time. That, that's ultimately why we're there. Ofsted is yeah. an output. If you're doing it right for your children at the right time, doesn't matter because Ofsted should should recognise that. My, my worry Absolutely. is that we just won't get consistency. And I just hope, really hope that they look at this and think and consider how they make yeah. that new framework apply to schools in a new norm. It, worry, yeah. it does worry me. Uh, that, that's the that's the fear, actually. Um, I just think about the staff as well, because they're going to be performing, and I say performing in in, in a real genuine way here, as imparting knowledge, rebuilding community, um, working with parents. You know, don't just think it's the children we've got to work with here. We've got to we've got to work with um, parents and actually support them through these challenging times as well. But 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 it's it's their well being and their welfare that you know, is going to underpin the successful journey to recovery. So apart from buying lots of booze, 
obviously, as a, <laughs> as a key to success. It's about making sure they can perform. One, it's going to be stressful. Two, there's anxiety. Three, everyone's recovering from trauma. As a nation, we're going to be recovering from bereavement and trauma. But it's about yeah. putting the, 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 the skills in place so the kids don't feel that, but the staff have to carry it. So please don't come and inspect yeah. us during that first month because that is absolutely inhuma yeah. inhumane. I think I completely agree with what sort of Amy was saying about the recovery curriculum. And I think that under the new Ofsted framework, we are um, we are given wider parameters, deeper, um, the breadth and depth. Actually, we can take that to the PSHE. We can take that to the nurture and the personal development side and actually really stamp those feet as leaders, knowing our communities inside out. And there is a consensus across leaders in the country. We're going to stand there on our own and say this. We all know it's right. All of us, adult children, um, we're going to need to have a curriculum that supports our mental yeah. health and supports our well-being. It's going to be about building that team for those staff as well. There are members of staff that will have been shielding. And yeah. I think that there's a phrase that we I keep using in podcasts, and you touched on it there when you said, you know, every leader in the country is going to be in this position. We're all in this together and we've got yeah. to stick together through this yeah. because we'll all come out stronger if we do. Amy, we're, we're, we are running a bit short of time, Amy, but I didn't want to go yeah. without giving you the opportunity to talk about your wellbeing award. Do you just want to very yeah. quickly let us know what that's about and how you've achieved it? Yeah. So we um, last uh, woo, January, what's that, 2019, I guess, we, um, I, I decided to um, apply for the Carnegie Leeds Beckett Wellbeing Award. Uh, they have a, a series of, you know, bronze, silver, gold, and it's a, a year-long program. You have a coach, and, and there are thousands of questions that you sort of complete and you evidence and you upload loads of things. Um so I was very keen to go for silver. Silver is more of a, a local community, and then you go for gold. So it's been a really a real coup for our school. Amy, if anybody's interested, can they get in contact with you to just have a chat around what what it entailed? Yeah, they, absolutely, they can. Or you know, there's there's Facebook pages, or they can contact Leeds Beckett directly and speak to the Carnegie people. It's it's a great it's a great thing and lots of lots of schools six hundred I think have got an award within the three grades. Okay, thank you very much for that, Greg. What you know what time it is? It's that oh time. my word! It's that time. <laughs> <laughs> this, this is the bit they've both been dreading. It's time for the confessional. <laughs> They're both looking worried because you can see them both looking at each other. Who's going to go first? Uh, Amy into the confessional, Amy. Okay. Okay, so you told me about this a few days ago, Paul, and I went back to all the people I've worked with recently, <laughs> and I tell you what, the influx of stories was quite incredible. I have picked one that I think is, although it's not linked to my current school, because we are a church school, I think I need to confess, and it does talk, it, it does involve a vicar. The vicar came in to watch me do an assembly as part of her monitoring, and it was a singing assembly. We, you know, I led the, the songs, the hymns, and everything, and then ended with a prayer. So, hands together, everybody. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for the music, the songs we're singing. <laughs> oh, brilliant. Thanks for all the joy we're bringing. And uh, I got about two lines further caught the eye of the vicar who was by this point crying with laughter 
plus all my staff around the room just wetting themselves. And I just had to sort of quickly amen it because I, I literally couldn't get any more words out. But it was absolutely spot on. Um, I have to say, Gemma, you do have to confess. <laughs> We've run out of time. <laughs> Unfortunately, you are absolutely right. But next time you're on, we'll definitely have to have a confession from you. Listen, both of you, thank you very much for for your time. Um, We really appreciate you coming on, sharing your experiences of Ofsted and the the great work you're doing at St. Peter's. Keep it up. Um, Thank you. Well, well done. You're welcome. Thank you. Greg, final word to you. Uh, yes, just thank you to the ladies. It's just a really good example of some great work that's going on um, in our region. But but also, you know, I'm sure that uh, there are other people out there do, doing a great job. So hang on in there, folks. You know, look towards Sunday. Let's wait and see when we're going to be back. And uh, hopefully everything we've spoken about we can put into practice. Thank you, everybody. Yeah, absolutely. Stay safe, everybody. Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye, everyone.